Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your Holy Spirit's presence today. We ask you to guide and lead us by your spirit into your word, into your truth. You know, we're singing that song, Better is One Day in Your Courts. Better is one day in your house than thousands elsewhere. And the Lord spoke to my heart. He says, you need to see from an eternal perspective. He says, he that believeth in me, believeth into me is the Greek word. He that believeth into me hath everlasting life. Everlasting is perpetual, continually, forever. And he says, and I will raise him up at the last day. When Jesus was crucified and buried, we were buried with him. When he was raised up in that last day, we were raised with him. And we've entered into that day. We've already entered into that day. It's not a future day. We have already entered into that eternal day. He's the what? Bright and morning star. We have already entered into him who is that final day, that last day he was talking about. When he was raised, we were raised with him. Not only that, we're seated with him in heavenly places according to Ephesians chapter 2 already. So we're already in his presence. And in his presence is fullness of joy and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's not a future, it's a now. You've already entered in to that place of rest. Enjoy it. Don't be waiting for some other day. That day's already taken place. And that was the final day. From then on, it was eternal. It's perpetual to the end, whenever that is. Hallelujah. Titus chapter 2. We're going to talk about regeneration. And I can tell you right now, it's going to end up next change. So, let's get over it. Morris means you get up here. It didn't matter what he was going to preach on. He's going to end on prayer. Right. Amen? That's right. So it's exchange. Titus chapter 2. We're going to start, and we're going to read chapter 3 too. <clears throat> Verse 11 says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation. What's bringeth salvation? The grace of God, and we beheld his glory. As the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and what? Truth. What is glory full of? Grace and truth. And he says, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It has appeared. It has manifested. It's revealed itself. And it's teaching us what? That denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we are to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. That word lust in James is the disease condition of your old soul. Lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It's teaching us how to what? Deny that worldly lust. And it says, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing. You know that word appearing? It just means revealing. Has he been revealed already? Yes. Yes. The glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from some iniquity. No, from all iniquity and purify him to himself a people, peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak, exhort, rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. 
Put them in remembrance. Be subject to principalities and powers and obey magistrates to be ready to do every good work. To speak evil of no man. To be no brawlers, but to be gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceiving, serving in divers' lusts, pleasures. He's saying that's who you were. All right. Living in malice, envy, hateful, hating one another. But, say but. But. Oh, but God. After the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared. Has it appeared? Yes, it has. It has appeared. It's been teaching us. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing, regeneration, and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified, how? By his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of how much life? Eternal life. life. Look at this word, regeneration. I'm going to talk about regeneration. This word generation is not used a whole lot. But you know what that word regeneration means in exchange life? Here's the meaning of the word regeneration. It means the state or act of rebirth. The state or act of rebirth. It means spiritual rebirth, regeneration. It means being born again, John 3, 5. Except a man be born from above, he cannot see the kingdom. It's the regeneration, is rebirth. Not only that, but it goes on said, and renewing. Guess what the word 342 means in, in the Greek? It carries you back to this same word, rebirth. Renewing is a rebirth. It's all new. If any man is in Christ, he's what? A new creature. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. You know, when Jesus came, he didn't come just to forgive us of our sins. He came to deal with our sin, but he also came to deal with the source of sin, which was the sinner. Now is the axe laid to the root. What does that mean? Sin is a fruit. Root is the real problem, and that root is who we are, who we were. The axe is laid to the root of who we were. Jesus was the last Adam. How many more Adams is it going to be? None. As far as we're concerned, there'll never be another Adam. Jesus was the last Adam, and he was the second man of a whole new generation of glorified sons and daughters. And of his glory have we all what? Received. How much? All of it. Grace for grace. Grace for means exchange for. Grace upon grace. It's multiplying. There's grace everywhere you turn. There's grace and more grace. We've not even begun to scratch the surface of what grace means. We'll ever be learning what grace means. You know, in Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the knowledge of that glory that God has prepared for us. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. What is the glory? Grace and truth. But in Christ, we have all the fullness of that grace and truth. But within every man, we all, how many of you know, every one of us in our own nature know we've fallen short. Everybody knows they're falling short. And we all feel that we've come short. Based on the realization of that, man thinks of ways he can change or what? Make his life better. He wants to change his behavior so he can be acceptable to God. 
This is the whole purpose of religion. This is what religion does. Webster says religion is a returning to bondage. Go back to bondage of trying to please God by your self-righteousness. Trying to please God is what that's, that whole thing is rooted in. What well, does it work? No. You may improve your outward ways, but you cannot change your inward heart. God says the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the mind to give to every man according to his ways. See, the old heart cannot be changed. And as you hearing for the probably 55th time, that's why God said in Ezekiel 36, 26, I'm going to give you a new heart and a new spirit. I'll take away the stony heart and I'll give you a heart of flesh and I'll put my Holy Spirit within you and I will cause you to walk in my ways. Jeremiah 24, 7, I will give you a new heart to know me and I will put my words in your heart. Hebrews chapter 8, he says, I will put my words in their hearts and in their minds and I'll be their God and they'll be my people. God is not concerned with your old heart. He wants to give us a new heart. Now, he gave me a word this week. Proverbs 14, 14 says, The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways. When you, that word backslider means to go back. Where are you going back to? The old heart. Your old thinking. Your old mind. Your old will. Your old emotion. Going back to that old way of life. The backslider will be filled with his own ways. But a good man shall be satisfied from himself. Yourself, your old self is the biggest enemy you got. That's why Jesus didn't come just to help you with that old man. He came to put the old man away once for all. Our old man was crucified with Christ that the body of sin might be destroyed. And that word destroyed doesn't mean annihilated. It means what? Unemployed. Unemployed. He don't have a job anymore. He's on welfare. The old man has been destroyed. He's been unemployed, rendered inactive. Yes. No more checks. He's rendered unemployed, inactive. That the body of sin, we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is free from sin. That he should no longer live his life under the power of sin, but live his life to the righteousness of God. Come on now, it's an exchange. Romans 5.17 says, For by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they that much more, say much more, they that receive the abundance of grace. How much is abundance? I don't know. They that receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Christ Jesus. We're going to reign in heaven when we get to heaven. Oh, in life. You mean now. Today is the day of salvation. Today is all we're ever going to have. If any man is in Christ, you're in that day. And that day's forever. You entered into eternity. We are already into eternal life. Because we're in Christ. And he ever lives to make intercession. Doesn't he? Mm. The difference is a matter of regeneration, not a matter of reformation. I mean, remember the great reformation. It wasn't long till the just shall live by faith till all these rules and regulations come back in to help you be reformed. Christianity is not a reformation. 
It's a regeneration. It's a rebirth. It's an exchange of life. Regeneration is an exchanged life. Man is sinful in his basic nature. He is corrupt by nature, and as a result of his corruption, he sins. The recognition of the hopelessness and wickedness of man and the realization of the need of an exchanged life are the basic foundations of the Christian faith. Regeneration means to cast off the corrupted life and to receive the exchange or the new life. Because if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. Salvation is not a change of our outward behavior, but an exchange of our inward life. And that inward life is your soul. Jesus said, he that saveth his life will lose it. But he that loses his life will find it. The word life is suke, soul. Your mind, your will, and your emotion. That's what you live out of. If you try to save your old soul, you'll lose it. But if you'll just lose it, cast it away, he'll give you a new one. It means rebirth. Luke chapter 17, when he's saying, he he says, He that saveth his life will lose it, but he that loses his life shall preserve it. The word preserved there in the Greek is rebirth, new, rebirth. If you lose the old soul, you'll get a new one. It's called regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. It's all new. We serve a new God. New man. Jesus is a whole new. When he raised, was raised from the dead, he came up as a second man. No more Adam in him. Amen. A brand new. And we come up with him. Right. So why do you want to serve that old thing anymore? We don't, do we? Some people look good outwardly. They have a high sense of morality. But the real truth, it's only works of repression. Let me say it again. A lot of people that's in religion have morally a lot of good things in their life. They've learned to live above a lot of sin. But the real truth, it's only works of repression. It's self-righteousness. The exchange life is is the very life of Christ himself. Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But Christ lives within me and the life I now live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We are literally living by the life of another. We are living by the life because we were dead and we were raised to walk in a new life. We're living by the life of another and we're living by the faith of another, by the grace of another, by the heart of another, by everything of another. Just, just get over it. You're gone. It's another. We are living the exchange life by the life of Jesus. Receiving the exchange life is the only answer to outward behavior. How many of you have tried other answers? Has anybody had any luck? Anybody? Me either. The difference between a carnal Christian and a real Christian is the exchange life. And you say, well, there's no such thing as a carnal Christian. Well, Paul said there is. He was speaking to the Corinthian church. He said that you come behind in no gifts waiting for the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, you're, you're enriched with every gift working in your life. But I'd like to speak to you as mature saints, but you're carnal, you're babes. You're walking as mere men because there's strife, there's envy, there's jealousy in your midst. And you're mere men. 
carnal, he said, carnivorous. So there's a carnal Christian. What does that mean? You go back to old soul thinking. There's jealousy. What did James say? Where there's bitter, envy and strife, there's confusion and every evil work. This wisdom is earthly, soulish, demonic. There's two choices. Only two. Where's the works coming from? Mm. Carnal-minded. John 3, 6. That which is born of flesh is what? That which is born of spirit is spirit. And Paul said, in my flesh dwell some good things. No, he said, dwells no good thing. Are Christians basically trying to reform their lives or to receive receive and live Christ's life? Basically, Christianity as a whole are trying to reform an old life and make it better. I remember Terry McCallum and most of these songs we sing this morning was his. And he sat right over there after I ministered to exchange life to him. And I said, would you play that one more song, that song, How Long Till I Wake With Your Likeness? And he played that song, How Long Till I Wake With Your Likeness? And I said, now, Terry, let me ask you a question. In light of what we just talked about, the exchange life, how long are you going to have to wait? And he said, I don't. I already have it. I said, that's right. See, we're waiting for something that's already been given freely to us. You don't have to wait for anything. When he said it's finished, he meant it's finished. And Christ, it says in Christ, Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead. And you're going to be complete someday. No. It says you already are complete in him who is the head of all principalities and power. It's your identity problem. You've got to understand who we already are. Why? Because we're in Christ. We're in him. Amen. So we see that in Romans. And a lot of times when you read that word into, unto, it's into. The Greek is into. He's called us into him. He's called us not unto eternal life. He's called us into eternal life is that Greek word. It's into. It's not just bringing you up to the door and then hoping you can do something to get in there. He's opening the door and putting you in and shutting the door so you can't get out. It's into. If any man is into Christ, he is a what? New creature. The old is gone and the new has come. That's what the Message Bible says. Blessed are those who have given up on trying to save their old souls. God will not help you get better, but he will give you a new life, his very own life. God has no desire to change our outward behavior. He, he only wants to replace the old life with a new one. God's purpose for man is not to help him overcome sin, but to exchange the sinner for a son. Amen. Let me say that again. God's purpose for man is not to help him overcome sin, but to exchange the sinner to a son and a daughter of his. Right. And that's what he did in Christ. Once for all. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we not serve sin. For he that is dead is what? Free from sin. Sin will no longer have dominion over you. For you're not under the law, but under grace. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also what? Live with him. Knowing this, that sin hath no more dominion over him. No more. 
How how much does sin have dominion over you? Nothing. Why? Because you're in Christ Jesus. Watchman E had a friend that asked him for advice. He had a maid that was lazy and she kept stealing from him all the time and he was in, in Watchman E's church and he, he knew he had to get some spiritual advice about what to do with this lady. And Watchman E said, fire and get you another one. And he was shocked. But listen, that's the very way God deals with us. The human life can never be improved on, so he kills us and makes us new. That's liberating. He didn't bother trying to make you better. When Jesus went to the cross, he went there to kill you. So you could be a new creature. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. Just fire and get another. Cast out the bondwoman and her son. For the son of the bondwoman will not be heirs with the children of the kingdom. Galatians chapter 4, read it yourself. Will not, cannot. We are not children of the law. We're children of grace and truth. You ought to be shouting now. How does this work? You know what? You can reckon yourselves dead till the cows come home. You can also remember you're not the former things. But that of itself will not last long. You can reckon yourself to be dead. But saints, you've got to reckon yourself to be alive. Amen. You've got to reckon yourself to be alive. You don't want to just reckon yourself dead. Reckon yourself to be alive unto God. Come on now. Don't stop short. How does this work? The answer is God put us into Christ. God made Christ to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. God put us into Christ. Amen. Amen? And we became the very righteousness of God in his works, not ours. That's a good deal. The secret of Christianity is our union with the Father and His Son. We are in union that we may be one as He and the Father is one. John chapter 17. It's our co-crucifixion with Him that took care of the old man. Now I want you to catch something here that just hit me. It's the truth. We talked about it. Do you know that the old man is really your old soul? Let me say it again. Do you know that the old man is really your old soul? Your old mind, your old will, your old emotion. That's who the old man is. And that old man was crucified with Christ. That the body of sin might be destroyed. All right? And all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it's of the old, of the old man. And he's been crucified. So your old soul... Trying to save your old soul is useless. That's why Jesus said so many times, he that saveth his soul will lose it. But he that loses his soul for my sake shall get a new one. Preserve it. Rebirth. Regeneration. Renewal. All that means a new one. It means exchange. Don't be confused about all the words of trying to make something old better. You can't make that which is born of flesh. It's going to be flesh. Right, Robert? That which is born of flesh will always be flesh. And that which is born of spirit will always be spirit. And an old tree, a corrupt tree, cannot bring forth good fruit. And a good tree cannot produce corrupt fruit. 
That which is born of God cannot sin because his seed remains in him and he cannot sin. Can I sin? Yes. But you know how I have to do it? I go have to go back to who I was, not who I am. It's impossible for who I am to sin. The only way I can sin is go back to who I was. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Know you not the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom, neither fornicators, adulterers, effeminate homosexuals, covetous, drunkards, shall inherit the kingdom. But such were some of you. What's he saying? That's not who you are. You've been washed. You've been sanctified. You've been justified by the Spirit of our God and by the living God. It's not who you are anymore. It's who you were. See? Why don't we enjoy who we are? Okay. There is a real sanctification. First Corinthians, listen, sanctification has nothing to do with being progressive other than the fact that we're growing up every day in the Holy Ghost, chapter 318, we beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed, exchanged into the very image of Christ, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. We got a new seed. We're born again of an incorruptible seed, and as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word that we may grow up. The Holy Spirit is helping us grow up into the very image of Christ. That is the extent of your sanctification. But by one offering, we are sanctified forever. What is forever? That whole new day. We're in a whole new realm of of everlasting. Sanctification, 1 Corinthians 1.30, but of him are you sanctified. But of who? Most people, 95% of all Christians will tell you sanctification has to do with what you do. It had nothing to do with what you do. But believe. That's right. Where'd all that come from? Oh. All right. John G. Lake. Page 87. This is Bosworth. Had the healing rooms in Chicago. Bosworth said to Lake, Lake, there's one instance that I'll always remember in your life. That was the night you prayed in my home until the rafters shook. Until God came down, until the fire struck, until our souls melted and until God came in and sanctified our hearts, all the devils in hell and out of hell cannot make me believe there's not a real sanctification experience in Christ. When God comes in and makes your heart pure, gives you a new heart, takes self out of your nature, and gives you the, di- the divine triumph over sin, self, blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. It's an exchange. All the devils in hell, he said, can't make me forget that day. John Wesley said, Sanctification is the process. Sanctification is possessing the mind of Christ and the whole mind of Christ. Sanctification is possessing the mind of Christ and the whole mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians says, The carnal mind is not subject to God, neither indeed can it be. But we have the mind of Christ. So it's a gift. The natural mind cannot be renewed. We have a brain, okay? Don't mistake your mind for your brain. We have a brain. But you, all have, you also have a natural mind, and you have a spiritual mind. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You with me? Yeah. Amen. There's a difference. And that's, that's what he's, we're talking about here. John G. Lake says, We live that our souls may grow. The development of our soul 
is the primary purpose of our existence. We live that our souls may grow. The development of our soul is the primary purpose for our existence. Page 113, John G. Lake. Receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. That's who you really are. You're a new mind, a new will, a new emotion. Also, he gives you a new heart. But the basic solution to our problem once for all is that we've been crucified with Christ. We've been crucified with him. Galatians 5.24 said, But they that are Christ, Jesus, have crucified the flesh with his passions and lust thereof. We do not do the crucifying. We are crucified already. Problem is, they that are flesh have crucified. That makes it sound like you've got to do something. Yeah, you do. You've got to believe that when he died, you died. They that are Christ have crucified the flesh with afflictions and lust because when he died, I died. That's the extent of it. It's to believe that he took care of you when he went to the cross. It wasn't his cross he went there for. It was ours. That cross was not made for him. It was made for us. It was Barabbas' cross. But he took it for us. Christ was the substitute for our sins and for our person. Not only for our sin, but for who we were. He took that. When Christ was crucified, so were we. First Peter 1 Peter 1.9, receiving the end of your faith. That's what I said a while ago, the salvation of your souls. The soul of man is the real ego. It's unless the soul of man is redeemed from its old self and exchanged into a new man in Christ, that soul is still unredeemed. Now I want to tell you something. The soul that sins shall die. Your old soul cannot be redeemed. Remember what is redemption? New birth. It's exchanged. Quit trying to save something that can't be saved. The message Bible says give it a decent burial and get on with your new life. How complicated is that? I think I'll have a new I'll have a drink on that. Give it a decent burial and get on with living. Don't shout me down. I know this is Labor Day weekend, but we've already entered into his rest. And we are created in Christ Jesus to labor. But we labor from a place of rest. Hurry up. Get there quick. 